let's see if I can find um, Matthias's uh, input on because he, he sent input on that. Oh, cool. Well, also, by the way, uh, speaking of guests, uh, that Mesbrov band is Me- Mesbrov, is it? Mesro. 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 Yeah. yeah, like I mentioned uh, in the in the introduction episode of PSLs, I mentioned this guy from the from the north, the sound engineer that I hooked up with Sorcerer. He's actually right. also the guitarist in in Mestro. Oh, that's Rami. cool. Yeah, cool. So uh, he that, that band is weird, dude. That fucking I, I'm not used to hearing bands from Sweden that sound that American. Yeah, he's you know? he's so into his American <laughs> stuff. You know, it's like that was pray, that was their thing. From what I understood about Mesro is like the the way they were marketed is I think they were literally marketed as Sweden's answer to Testament and they sound so much like Testament. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he, he really like worships on the Hetfield altar uh, a fair right. bit. Uh, he's a really good rhythm player actually too. Well, you have to, dude. You can't play thrash without being a tight rhythm player, you know, or at least, or at least playing Bay Area style thrash. You know, you have to be tight rhythm-wise, you know. When we mixed uh, the, the final uh, Canopy record, we went to uh, their rehearsal space and they jammed out on uh, Take No Prisoners, actually. Oh, which that, was very impressive to us. That's no joke. Digging that uh, samurai thing you got going there in your hair. Oh, <laughs> it was... I was, um, yeah, kind of I, cool, I got, actually. I kind of drank some beer kind of quick, and so I was getting really warm, and I got a flannel on, so my hair was kind of overheating me, so I just tied it up so it wasn't, you know, yeah, it looks pretty good actually. You know it's like, it uh, stay, at ho- <laughs> stay at home dad, <laughs> you know, busy <laughs> yeah, with right. all limbs, you know, trying to rein, right. in, rein in the kids, yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, it's kind of cool. Um, I, I took the liberty of making an outro this time doing an inhale growl for Sia. <laughs> That's a very ugly technique. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, what should we do for this one? Uh, we had um, P cells, Diana, or Bat Diana. And then we have P cells, dot 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 black magic. Uh, what could be the third? I mean, well. I had also P cells, but what the fuck is this? Was another one. What I the had. fuck is this? I don't know. Do you want to. You want to get the goofy shit out of the way? Yeah, let's do some weird stuff. Let's do um, uh, Iron Superstitious. You want to do the cover? Yeah, let's do Iron Superstitious yeah. and uh, uh, maybe only that. Uh, let me have a quick look at if there's something else that we could. Uh, maybe My Last Words on top of it, uh, depending on how long we spend on Iron Superstitious. So far, shit. So far, so far, so far, Yes, we're back again. So far, so what? Working on our... Oh, okay, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this, this is Greg. <laughs> and this is John. Uh, we're in the middle of our um, musical analysis of P-Cells, but it was buying. Been fun so far. Been extremely good so far. So far, so what? <laughs> so I guess we figured we might just want to throw in some bad into the good. Or if not, well, I don't know if I could co-sign on bad, but we'll say not spectacular and silly. I guess that's bad. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's uh, bad. I mean, compared to uh, Bad Omen, Conjuring, and Wake Up Dead, it's shit, I think. But yeah. uh, I'm going to kind of wipe that away. Not, I wipe that, not uh, gonna, I'm not going to fight you I'm going to wipe that angry face away. I replace it with an open mind for this particular listen through off. The song called "I and Superstitious," which is a cover. Who wrote it? Uh, I believe it was Willie Dixon. Willie Dixon, and uh, yeah, um, actually, uh, I'm going to let a friend kick us off for this one because he, when uh, Matthias Reynoldson, Reynoldson, Matt, Matt Reynoldson, when he knew that we were going to do P cells, he um, he said that I have a 
a comment that may be relevant. Uh, so I dug that oh, up. Hold on. Uh-huh. Hold on a second. Uh-huh. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry to cut you off. I just want to make sure I get my shit correct. I believe it was not a Willie Dixon song. I okay. believe it was a, a Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf. Okay. Yeah, shit. Actually, Howlin' Wolf is pretty good. Like That's some of the OG blue stuff. Okay, hang on a second. Wait a minute. Wait, I was Muddy wait, hang on. I'm doing more I'm doing more research right now. Hang on a second. Okay. Um I was right twice. Uh-huh. It was written by Willie Dixon, but it was right. first performed and recorded by Howlin' Wolf. Howlin Wolf. Are you familiar with Howlin' Wolf at all? I'm a bit familiar actually. I, it's it's a uh, cool voice. I don't know much about him, but I do know that he once recorded a song written by Willie Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> by the title of I Ain't Superstitious. I Ain't Superstitious. Uh, Howling Wolf, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little sample now because uh, it's, it's not bad, actually. I should have been gone. This is a blues song about a woman. You don't say. Right. I picked it because of a cool title, Killing Floor. Okay, I've heard this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, household name anyway. Uh, I like his voice a lot. Uh, And the music is, I guess, yeah, it's that type of, you know, rock and roll, old rock and roll, uh, boogie woogie rock and roll blues. I mean, he's a blues singer, I guess he's famous for being a blues singer. But uh, that song... For sure. Like the song we're going into had that type of honky tonky groove a little bit, like. Yeah. It's also noteworthy this song too, and it's, I guess it's pertinent because of uh, this is recent news. But obviously, the uh, with the passing of uh, legendary guitarist Jeff Beck, oh, yeah. Jeff Beck had also covered uh, "I Ain't Superstitious" in 1968. Ooh, let's listen to that. At the I, end, yeah, at I've the never end. heard that version because I, w- I would, I would, I would, I would bet you that it's better. I've I've never heard I it. I would bet you it's better, but I would bet you that Megadeth probably or someone maybe they got it from possibly from Beck. yeah true with with the uh, the proclivities of, of fusion and and jazz you know for from Gar and Chris it's possible they probably heard the Jeff Beck version of this song you know yeah I'll take the opportunity to uh, send out a rest in peace to that guy one of the best guitarists of all time. You know, I don't really know a whole lot about his discography. I've only heard a few songs, and obviously the Yardbird stuff. But my big takeaway from Jeff Beck as a guitarist is that he was he was a god to gods, the gods. Yeah, yeah like Correct. like he, like yeah. if you listen to like people like Alice Cooper and like people of that stature from back then, all of those guys who are gods. Their god was Jeff Beck. Yeah. So if you're a god to the gods, that says something. Unanimous, but from a more t- or more technical perspective, the times I've seen him play live, like on TV or on video or whatever, the, probably the most musical, like whammy bar, like style. One of like the, he, one he, of the like he, most musical electric guitarists for sure. Yes, you know. But what? The, but the thing that that jumped out for me in his style was that, like, obviously, a, a lot of us we just we just fucking jump on that bar and just fucking dive bomb yeah yeah yeah. that's just what we do but he he really used the bar as almost like a singing i don't know know? yes yes yeah yeah to make the guitar sing and he's definitely the most he's used the bar in the most musical way that i've ever seen anyone do it and that i'm privy to i guess you, you know say. who was my first inspiration for whammy bar usage the second was steve i but you know who was first like the first guy i heard and like wow you can make a super melodic and musical effects with the whammy it's a person i've mentioned on this show before it's a, it's a fucking ingve dude yeah, no not ingve i didn't listen to ingve when i was a kid and also he didn't have a floyd because this is floyd stuff uh, jeff Beck right, is of yeah. course in old school but anyway it was christian niemann he's really good too at uh at uh, at um, melodic whammy bar, you know. Oh yeah, he's 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 a little good, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, and talking yeah. about love, that thing that was an That's early, right. early, really mm-hmm. early uh, thing for me. I love 
the Floyds. Uh, I never used to play them because it's a bit of a pain to have such a guitar. But you break a string and the song's over. Now I play, play kind of uh, exclusively play that. Actually, I play that all the time now. But I want to get an SG too. I want to get more guitars. Yeah. Um. So did Dave, but they, they kept being pawned off. That's right. <laughs> For heroin. That's For dark. Heroin. It's dark. They had to go around town. It's very dark. A couple of hundreds. Very dark. Bring those two faces. <laughs> a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, one thing I, I wanted to touch on that we didn't really discuss, how cavalier Dave was about them driving over a person in a taxi cab. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Something like that. That was uh, the most... That's one thing I really wanted to bring up. I was... Hitting a guy 60 <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> what? We, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. driving over a human at 60 miles per hour that was interesting like it's so like you don't that that's a diplomatic way of saying we killed someone i don't think you could drive over a human at 60 miles per hour and not kill them (laughs) (laughs) that's so fucked up dude that was from the quite recent one like the gibson icons interview and that he did that. It's ridiculous. But I think he tried to play a bit rock star too. When he, like, when the way, way oh. he approached it. No. No way. Never. He would never play rock star. <laughs> no. Super humble guy. <laughs> it's oh, just that yes. everyone around him keeps fucking up all the time. He's a super genius and he's super humble. Yeah. It's not like he's a big mouth or a bad guy or anything. It's just that black yeah. magic, you know. It's just that black magic. He's fucked up his whole yeah, life. I mean, that, that sort of like made him come off bad. Black magic. Yes, yeah. of course. Of course. That's so ridiculous. Like, what, what a fucking bogus claim. If there ever was a bogus we're ne- claim we're, about one. never going to run out of source material. That, that's like, is that the lowest level of, of self-knowledge? I think it is. That you could go so far as to point to, uh, not point to, but rather derail uh, what clearly points to, you, to your bad traits. Derail that into black magic. That's like a... That's a stunt. I mean, given the uh, given the, the the person involved, I mean, it's. I mean, at this point, it would be weird if that shit didn't happen. <laughs> that's true. At this point, yes, that's how we know him. <laughs> it'd be weirder if he said. It'd be weirder if one time he just said, "Yeah, I fucked up. It was all me." <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, I know a guy like that who's clearly not going to be named. I think everyone knows a guy like that. Unfortunately, I don't like having discussions with him because he's not going to move. An inch. I uh, when I have discussions, I make a point of trying to put myself into the mind of the other person or their agenda and try and understand it before I mm-hmm. bring out mine. He doesn't. Right. He's already decided before we start. There's no point, and, and that's a bit Dave, right? Like, <laughs> the kind of person who's not listening to what you're saying when you're talking. He's just thinking about it what his response is going to be. He's okay at listening. The problem is he already made his mind up. So why have a discussion? Yeah. The point of a discussion why, is to, yeah. you know, the point is to get another, yeah, everyone knows what point of a discussion is. Our listeners are, are good at that. It's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> Rudolf has no talent. <laughs> no talent. It's nothing. It's a bit harsh. <laughs> no talent. I think Rudolf has talent. Listen, uh, that's, <laughs> I don't have the energy to deal with Schenker drama tonight. No, let's deal with some cover drama. And uh, like I was about <laughs> yeah. to say before, uh, I'm going to let my buddy Matthias kick us off this time. Yeah, There's right commentary on. on this one. Peace sells, but who's buying? A five out of five album, a true masterpiece. Great songs, great musicians, especially Gar Samuelson, a fantastic drummer. But wait a minute. There's a stickman on the Rembrandt. There's a smiley on the Picasso. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I Ain't Superstitious. Why is that song on the album? <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> Did I think we need to cheer up a bit? That the album was too heavy, too fast and furious for the listener to handle? Did I think that, well, people enjoy that... These boots are made for walking from the previous album. Let's do that trick one more time. That might have been it. Hmm. I don't know. I I think that was it. When it comes to covers, I'm a bit of a maiden guy. Covers are okay. You can do them as an encore. You can do them as a B-side. But you shall never have them on your album. 
that's not okay. So, frankly, for me, this 5 out of 5 album, to be 5 out of 5, every song has to be super. But when it comes to peace sales, but who's buying, there's this joke song. The ill-advised I ain't superstitious. And that means peace sales, but who's buying is just a four out of five mm, album. Not sure about that though. No. How unnecessary. But unnecessary, I agree with. It's kind of unnecessary. Yes. Also, I think he may have changed his tune because he's one of the guys that is most like uh, pushing for news on my album process. And he knows that I put a cover on that mm-hmm. album, on the middle of the album. And he hasn't complained about that. But it's not Iron Superstitious, mm-hmm. it's a Thin Lizzy cover. <laughs> and heavily rearranged. You know, so it's different. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in short, uh, I'll, 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 I'm curious to hear what you have to say. But in short, I agree with pretty much that. You know, first time I heard this, I thought it was shit. Uh, second time I heard it, I thought it was shit. And probably when we listen to it soon, I will, I'm going to think it's shit. I mean, I don't... Here's the thing. I, I, I've definitely heard worse cover songs. I've definitely heard worse Megadeth songs. Um, I'm kind of ambivalent towards it. But that being said, I it definitely didn't need to be there. I don't think it does anything to elevate or improve the record. There's a stick man and, on the Rembrandt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can agree with it. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of there. And, but here's the thing though. The one thing I, I, I will disagree with is that, yeah, it does pull back the quality of the record, but here's the thing. I'm also not really a particular, not never been particularly a huge fan of devil's Island either, but like, and I think I, I said this on the introductory episode. I, the stuff on there that I love is so good, so great, that it picks up the slack for whatever those two songs kind of drop a little yeah, bit. I mean, that's... You know, like, I feel like, yeah. So I feel like that the record for me is still a 5 out of 5 or, or 10 out of 10, however he, he gauges it. But for me, the record is still... It doesn't lose any standing because what's great about it can cover up for what isn't so great about it. it to me, it doesn't it doesn't lose steam. I mean, I don't really like Devil's Island or or even this song particularly too much, but they're they're nothing I dislike. And again, the the other stuff that I like better, it 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 covers covers their tracks a little bit. Yeah, that's that's what I was uh, leaning towards as well um, in terms of what I don't agree with. And it's first and foremost, I don't agree that a five out of five album, every song has to be. That's not in in, in my reality. Like in my reality, actually uh, a clunker can be good for an album. I don't see I don't see the overall album rating as a combined, uh, you know, uh, statistic of, of the individual right, yeah. ratings. For me, the album is the album and it's not the eight songs it's the album well clucker can elevate the other songs it can be necessary because you know maybe you need a filler they, they could you need be great a filler songs sometimes. some albums need a filler song you know yeah uh, rather than i will say that i will say that you know as much as maybe i don't particularly care for i ain't superstitious um it it certain certainly when i'm listening to the record all the way through it certainly gets me more cranked up and hyped for my last words, you know? And then, and that to me is a song that is, you want to talk about it, a great song that might be one of the most underappreciated or maybe even underrated mega that song. We'll get in to the it. Discography. Greg. We'll get to it. Okay. Hold your thought. Okay. Hold your thought. <laughs> okay. Because now we're going to listen okay, to right. <laughs> Ain't Superstitious. Okay. Uh, okay. Again, I'm going to try and be nice to this tune now because I, since the first time I heard it, I pretty much despised it. Uh, as a song and then again we will get back to the kind of overall rating of the album and then i would kind of you know i guess uh, solidify if it drags the album down or not Uh, but uh you know uh, i again i don't see it as necessary that every song is five out of five for an album to be so uh that's what i'm gonna say for now and here we go i ain't superstitious it's short anyway yeah The intro is a little bit fun, I guess. 
this boogie woogie riff from Megadeth. This is completely the wrong riff type for this band. Oh, hang on. I will say that Poland is Chris, doing fun Chris stuff. Poland fucking rips in this song. He's doing fun this stuff. Is maybe the, this is maybe the silver lining of this song. Right. Tell you what, I'm going to do a remix. Bass, drums, and Chris Poland. Uh, yeah. Because that's going to be better, I think. It's, the riff sucks. Think, you know, uh, it's not... Yeah, of course. I mean... It's not even a riff. It's it's, it's a blue. It's a blues progression, yeah. Which can be done cool, but this is not the case of that. Yeah, I'd say Chris Pullen might make this one actually worth it. What did this say? Couldn't mean the fuck. I couldn't really give a fuck. Chicken shit face. <laughs> what is this saying? I think he said, tell some chicken shit sissy worm and tell it to him or something like uh-huh. that. So again, he's altering the lyrics. Yes. Uh. I tell you what, it's better than I remembered. Yeah, it's the, and, and they and they speed it up, and obviously that's you know f- fast shit rules. I will say I wasn't terribly kind to these boots either, but these boots is a much better cover than this one, in my opinion. I think so too. more fitting original song because this original song is all about a sound you know kind of kills the vibe of the record i think maybe the the quality of the version they do maybe isn't the problem i just think the placement of it being here is is the problem it's played fine yeah. you know it's performed fine but it just it takes it it kind of Kind of sucks some of the venom out of how lethal it is. Yeah, you know. I mean, there, there is the stick man on the Rembrandt. Um, if you'd indulge me, I'll tell my little my line on covers here. It's not going to be terribly lengthy. By all means, go for it, dude. It might take a minute. That's fine. Because I always liked covers to begin. That's, that's the starting point of this. I like covers. I like playing mm-hmm. cover bands. I like the whole garage idea. You know that you, you play covers. And, yeah. And there's some. To me, there's a few approaches. You can do the tribute thing where you just kind of copy it. And that's self-explanatory. And then, obviously, if you have an original band name, like uh, you are Metallica or you are Iron Maiden, try and make it sound like like your band, right? That's a quite common way to tackle a cover as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then there is kind of just maybe another production or something. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I would say there's no right or wrong approach, but they are all dependent on who covers what. And in this case, they cover a track that is based on a you know a rootsy sound a bluesy sound and they kind of you know paint it with the this sound which i think is terribly ill fitting especially for that riff <laughs> so they it's played all right you know uh, it's not that bad yeah. but it's just the wrong move from the start to do this in my opinion it's just the wrong vibe yeah, it's the wrong vibe it's the kind of stuff that gives covers a bad rep <laughs> bad omen i think bad omen is right before it right uh yeah they were singing pagan tunes yeah, and yeah. fucking sacrificing people in goat's blood and now they're but i mean uh now that i've spoke my piece on why i think it's a terrible move as a cover do does it ruin the b-side or the, the album i guess i should say because i never had it on vinyl so i don't think of it as a b-side but uh it doesn't it doesn't ruin it no it doesn't uh, it doesn't kind of short it's kind of fun stupid you know which is fun sometimes yeah chris, chris has some nice leads and i appreciate them much more now uh that i'm older because when i was a kid i thought that was i think i said something like that's gay or you know something like that. <laughs> yeah of course yeah pardon young me but i think that's what i said yeah 
we all said stupid shit like that, but uh, but also like that, that was kind of a, also kind of a thrash thing. There's a lot of thrash bands that had kind of questionable and or bad cover songs. Yeah, like, and then there's the Metallica. That Metallica is one of the best cover bands in the world. They really, yes, exactly. But but then there's everyone else who did not fall in line with that. You got yeah. Megadeth with I Ain't Superstitious. Fucking Nuclear Assault did Good Times, Bad Times. Ooh, I haven't heard that. I don't want to either. <laughs> Zentrix from England. Mm-hmm. They did the fucking Ghostbusters theme. Okay. You know, like uh, like. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, that's something I've been close to doing. I can admit. Like sometimes I felt like, uh, oh, we should do a Michael Jackson tune, and, but I always caught myself last second as like, this is a shit move. Don't do it. Uh, don't do that i wanted to do themes like if you ever if you if you ever have the desire to do that a michael jackson tune hit hit me up first (laughs) and we'll talk about it and then we'll we'll hash it out and then after that you can decide if it's the right i do hit greg up sometimes actually on 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 creative (laughs) decisions so (laughs) you have some authority Well, I, I, I don't. I just, I just want to be a voice of reason. Yeah, no. I, I, luckily, I stopped myself even then. I wanted to do uh, what was it? Uh, bad, I think. Whichever song has the Eddie Van Halen solo? No, beat oh, it, uh, beat it, beat it. Love that track, but I'm very right. happy well, I didn't do it though. Well, here's well, okay. Well, that's. But I wanted to do it like death metal. Tune to see. That was different. a bad idea. I think death metal version would have been shit. I think. Down tune to see and what the fuck, you know. Uh, I don't. I'm glad I didn't. I don't, I don't know. Would you be growling? That's. Would you be? That's probably be sung? on that question is probably where I left the idea even back then. Like we can't, we can't <laughs> growl this. <laughs> don't wanna see no blood, don't be your macho man. <laughs> That was pretty. Oh cool. no, a, dude! Save that shit for. Oh, that's uh, save six, that shit for Chris. Chris Barnes shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Chris Barnes shit. <laughs> what is it? Graveyard Ugh. classics? Is it? Oh, I'm gonna put in a bit of TNT here because it's so much fun. That shit sucks. Is it true that he wrote on his profile page, uh, he wrote something like Cannibal Corpse changed their name to Six Feet Under in, in the year he left? Did he write that? Yes. Uh, what, a, what a clown. Um, that's a polite way of putting it. Clown, I, mean, I mean, pick any insulting adjective or whatever descriptor you want. Uh, he's, buffoon? Uh, he's not. Would you go for I imbecile? Or well, is that too harsh? He's from, he's from Buffalo, where I live, and and he's not very popular here. But Cannibal Corpse are pride of the town, definitely. And, and I don't. I know people who are that that grew up with him and. All and he, no one's really particularly fond. And of him. I win the fight. <laughs> Six Feet Under was supposed to play here in 2012, uh-huh. and it was the first time they had played in Buffalo in a very, very long time. And I'll never forget my band was supposed to Sepulphile. We were supposed to play that show, mm-hmm. and um, it was supposed to. It was. It was the tour where. Chris Barnes got into a fight with Travis Ryan from Cattle Decapitation. And I win the fight. And, and none of us were really f- fans of Six Feet Under, really, at all. Who but, is? You know. I know one guy. Yeah, exactly. I know one guy. <laughs> he, was, he lived in his Six Feet Under hoodie, but that's one guy. Oh, jeez. So, but I mean, Cattle Decapitation is kind of interesting. And, and just the, that's the, all right. Just the concept right. of playing a death metal gang in Buffalo. We figured Six Feet Under... You know, people are going to come out because Chris Barnes is from here and, you know, whatever. It'll be a decent turnout. We'll have a good show. And uh, I remember I got off. I was in Jamaica a okay. week before the gig. And I got off 
this is before like I don't know. I didn't have any calling card or anything, so my cell phone was off for like a week, basically. Oh, I get yeah, on the yeah. plane. I get off the plane once I get back into America, and I turn my phone on, and every text message or phone call that I missed in the prior week kind of yeah, I remember those days. It was fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I get and the promoter who was doing the show, he said, "Hey, six feet show next week got canceled." Uh. Zero pre-sales, ha. and and he's like he's a the complete lack of public interest, and I was like, dude, how, like, what did you fucking do to people that you're playing a show in your hometown and no one even wants to fuck come and see you? Like, what did you do? It was so shitty. That band that is still called Cannibal Corpse, they go see that band. They pull a thousand, maybe. Yeah, when they when they come here, when they play in Buffalo, they play like the the room or the venue that's like a either nine hundred or one thousand capacity venue. Yep. And it's always it's always packed, mm. always packed, mm. and it's always awesome. Cannibal Corpse in Buffalo is a vibe that is just it's something else. It's something else. It's awesome. Actually, I believe you. Yeah, I, I think I saw them at the wrong place because I saw them on the big stage, whacking in daylight. And uh, they aren't really... I, I see them more as a band within four walls. Yes. Um, it's a club band, you know, in a way. They don't They don't control the stage. They have their spots. Yeah. And they just sit there and they, they rip and they headbang. And that's what they do. Yeah, it sounded... And a, if you put them on a big festival yeah. stage, I feel like that kind of undersells how powerful they are. Yep. Because... Yeah. If you put them on a on a, a theater or a club stage, they're a they're a force of nature. Yeah, but I never really doubted that because a they're big and b staring through the eyes of the dead. Oh. Just that you but, know but that song that's it's been great. with me since the start, almost as early as uh, "Immortal Rights," awesome. which was my first death metal song. Uh, "Immortal Rights" live, actually, but uh, the second was mm. "Staring Through the Eyes of the Dead." Um, one of the best death metal songs, in my opinion. So, I mean, they and have that. that. It circles back to what we were saying about an hour or two ago, is that that's a song that actually has verse, chorus, verse, <laughs> chorus, chorus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of Maiden for me, like a, a sick Maiden somehow, you know, the drill. and uh, Oh, yeah. Like Phantom of the Opera gone, f- gone into some kind of gonorrhea. Yeah. That's what it sounds like, which is, of course, cool. <laughs> Who doesn't want like the Phantom of the Opera? But now he's got gonorrhea. That was the last record they wrote in Buffalo. And they play that if they uh, if they're in Buffalo. That's that's a big song at the set. Where I'm, you know, I break the um, I break the uh, the chains of trying to be cool guy uh, and you do your spins greg spins yeah <laughs> or you maybe you only throw. do those on stage i don't know oh i only do that on stage when i'm playing but if it's cannibal corpse you know and they play staring through the eyes of the dead that's that's a moment to just kind of throw the fist up or the invisible orange and do you know i, I think yeah, you you'd be the guy tell me i'm alive dead like that's the moment like, just, <laughs> so good yeah like that's the moment you just you just go back into that you know, 17, 18-year-old kid. Tell me if I'm wrong, but isn't part of, like, your the core character of you, isn't part of that to be the guy to do that first, uh, you know, bring in those moves, and then people would get more secure to follow you because you wouldn't care if no well, one No, did no, it. that's never stopped me from doing really anything, especially if it involves, you know, metal or whatever. That's but, a cornerstone of... You know, of, it's of, like, you That's know. why you are true. That's the, that, that is what true is. 
you can't say that you are true yourself because that comes off weird. Yeah. But that's for me. That's like the true thing. Really, that is it. Well, that's the thing. That's not something I can. That's not something I can control. That's just something that just happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't sit there and think. Well, you know what? I'm just going to hang here with my arms crossed, and then if they play "Staring Through the Eyes of the Dead," I'm just going to uh, lose my shit. No, I'll just be sitting there enjoying the set, and then all of a sudden they'll play that song, and next thing you know, I'm just I'm not even a human being anymore. <laughs> I'm just like a fucking unco- uncontrollable, like fucking beast. Uh, you remember on uh, when you were on AZ with uh, Ben made an A to Z, and we did the Flight of Icarus. We listened to the uh, ISO tracks of the singing. ISO tracks. Yeah, then yeah, you yeah, also yeah. did the, you just kind of used the whole room for listening to that song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which yeah, was. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't plan that gr- stuff That out. was it a great happens. moment. A great moment. It, it gets into your blood. Well, dude, you're a fucking, you're a, you're a Hesher too, man. You're a, yeah, yeah. you're a dyed in the wool river. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, it's, I, it's in also, your blood. Dance, you can't I, help that. I dance yeah. sometimes at shows uh, because I like the song so much and I don't even care yeah. about what that looks like. I yeah. think it's, it's all right, you know. It's, it's some kind of. It's, I mean, it's not. Uh, it's it probably isn't a dance. It's just like uh, moving your body. Yeah. Because I headbang less these days. Uh, obviously, I'm a bit old now, but I do headbang still actually quite a bit, uh, without the hair, sadly. <laughs> and uh, what else do I do when when I see a show? I dance and headbang. That's it. Doesn't really depend what it is either. I can do that for a, um, a rock show too. That's a yeah. kind of headbang dance. It's, it's just appreciating music and not caring about what that looks like, basically. It's a great feeling. Generally speaking, at those type of gigs, there's more often than not a lot of people also not caring. Yeah, exactly. And then there's some there's some insecure nerds, but they will yeah. like seeing you do that. It will empower them, actually. It will help. All them. you're doing, you're teaching the next generation to not give a fuck. Exactly. Which is a good thing. That's what yeah, I meant yeah. by helping them. <laughs> because that's what you need to teach yeah. insecure dorks. Like, yeah, of course. You are a dork. You're not going to be able to change that, but you can get rid of this insecurity by stop caring. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. I'll be able to tell my children, you know, one day, oh, don't worry about. Don't worry about dad. He taught a whole generation of dorky metal kids it's okay to not give a fuck. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is beautiful. It, is. <laughs> it really is. Hopefully, hopefully I can pass that lesson on to my kids. Hopefully one of my uh one of my children were, uh, will engage in the metals. And uh as of right now, they they listen to Man, I can't even tell you what they listen to. They so listen probably to some fucking, crap about helicopters or something or cars. I, 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 Bob the car. Well, the car. well, his thing. Gary, Gary Newman wrote shit about cars forty years ago. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, a thing about Six Feet Under, by the way. Uh, my friend from from the scene past, Ola Englund, who is now a famous YouTuber. He he actually his first big band that he joined was Six Feet Under. And the funny part is that he joined completely cynically. He didn't want to play with uh, Barnes. He didn't want to mm-hmm. play in that band. He just joined because they were big. <laughs> and he, he right. was trying to make a name for himself. And he's the type of guy that would also readily admit that. He was like, yeah, Barnes was fucked, you know. And he stole a lot of my riffs and had been using them without crediting me after. <laughs> See, dude, that's like... <laughs> like, all those riffs, all those riffs keep popping up on, <laughs> you know, like, it's been 10 years since left. that's that and that's the shit that like that's why no one like man Bar- chris barnes i don't know i don't know let's just say there's i don't know too many people i don't know one person that wants to see cannibal corpse ever get back together with him which oh fuck i no. think makes cannibal corpse even more special because no one no everyone everyone loves always wants Right? Everyone loves Course Grinder, yeah. but also, especially in metal, everyone always wants a band to get back with their original singer. And they're the anomaly. They're the exception. No one wants to see Chris Barnes back in that band. Maybe the purple. I love Ro- uh, Evans, who sings in the beginning, but I don't think many people want to see oh, that's that right. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I, I do fair. love that singer. He sings on Captain Beyond, uh, one of my favorite records. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he your, your was, he was a singer on their first hit. Your buddy Aaron, he 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 knows Captain Beyond. By the way, it was oh, one of I, my picks before uh, I did that for uh, I think the first Meatballs, uh, really great yeah. album. That's yeah. Rod Evans. A- oh, great Aaron's singer. Aaron's all over the map. He's way more diverse uh, musically. Than you I listen am, to classical sure. music. You got a couple of English records. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. So, and I was gonna say one more thing that neatly brings us back on topic, which is 
if you are discussing a cover tune and you find yourself talking about Graveyard Classics, Six Feet Under, you're probably discussing a pretty shitty cover tune. Um, uh, that's, yeah, my, that... my, that's my final line for this, but I'm going to tolerate it and I'm going to say it doesn't really shit that much on the record, but a bit, right? It does shit a little bit on the record. I would listen to I Ain't Superstitious a thousand times before I listen to one Six Feet Under covers album. I mean, if you put one Six Feet Under cover version on PSLs, it would destroy the entire record, of course. It might, it, it actually might destroy my entire life, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. So, that's, <laughs> so, I mean, but still, the fact that we got there in the conversation must mean that this is not that awesome. And it does shit a bit on the record. <laughs> what did you say? I think you had sound, a sound, you had a sound way of saying it. You said it kills the momentum a little bit or something. It, but also, just, it makes um, you await the song that we're going to get into now even more you said something like that i, I think it was a good it, bad sandwich it does kind of interrupt the vibe but it does give you uh maybe a higher anticipation anticipation for the the track the last song after because it's like all right well what the fuck is this and then the next song comes and it's like oh okay this shit fucking rules <laughs> i like that i mean it's a feat on your end to be able to make a good bad sandwich out of this you kind of <laughs> did i mean it's nice you're obviously a positive guy <laughs> oh i mean i i tried to you know We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. I ain't gonna fuck around with bad vibes when there's good vibes out there to hang with. That's very true. That's very true. And um, this album is a great vibe, actually, uh, which I guess yeah. we're gonna enjoy in, in one more tune, actually, before because this episode can't be only I and superstitious. I think uh, it kind of <laughs> no. warrants to go for my last words. I agree. Here we go. So clean intro again. And this is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is a better clean intro than the already good Bad Omen, I would say. I mean, this is totally Megadeth as well. This could actually yes. be on any Megadeth record. It could. Mm -hmm. It could be on the new could. one. It's extremely Megadeth. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I like my melodic shit. This is great to me. I need a bit of melody sometimes. Yeah. This is the celebrity entry for Can't Stop the Thunder. Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is that type of badass series, isn't it? Kind of maiden territory in a sense. You know, early maiden. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very much a Transylvania kind of like down, down, down. Like, that's very much like Transylvania style. I'm thinking of like another live or even two minutes of midnight. Allison is the star of this show. Again, pretty good singing here. Love the tempo. I mean, this is a fucking party, isn't it? It's fucking awesome. You raise your glass. Yeah. Or maybe you say what we said just before. Don't care. Exactly. Don't give a shit. Let's rock. Fill the tank. When the crown is at their best, they get this energy too. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. a good old hard rock shit yeah <laughs> that's what just, it is really it just got it's a vibe it's a feeling it's uh it's an everything it's all encompassing that's kicking hard rock to me actually this track yeah i 
but more melodic than most of the material on this album as well. More more conventional in, um, I guess, a traditional metal riffing trope. And of course, mode it. Don't sweat it. Getting back to you. That's right. Yeah, right. That's a good ear. Good ear. Oh yeah, then this. It's absolutely heavy metal. Oh, big. This is this is like the, probably the most heavy metal song on the record. But one of those that I could show, like if I want to show someone what uh, metal is, for me. Actually, I've been getting surprised today. I've listened to this album a lot, but I've been getting surprised. Is it this good? Yeah, clearly it is. Oh, it absolutely is. There's some great hockey choir going out at the end of the song, too. It's actually Lars Ulrich's favorite Megadeth song. He showed up in a Megadeth gig 10 years ago and asked him to play this, and they did. I love that. Uh, I love Lars. Yeah. <laughs> in some weird way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, killers or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very similar there. Yeah, absolutely. Good energy, good mood, hard rock uh, of, of the best kind, and of course also metal. But I mean, for me, uh, stuff like Killers or Overkill. <laughs> Funnily enough, mm-hmm. Killers and Overkill, and then maybe, yeah, maybe even well, add like a tad bit of uh, Hot for Teacher or something of that. Ilk. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Total hard rock, really for me this track and i love hard rock <laughs> it's a great way to close out a record too great last track yeah yeah again better than i remembered uh, and yeah this is probably one of those that i should put on um, even on like uh, i don't do that much playlist but when i do playlists it's usually for energy up so this is one that i would put in there uh, with the and then comes break the rules by udo or something <laughs> bring it down a little bit you know after that and then maybe <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Turbo could come in or something. Turbo Lover. Uh, yeah, I've got a mission now. <laughs> it's a mood. It's a mood, you it's know. A it's, mood. Just, it's just it's like a mood. A, uh, higher gear, fill the tank. Uh, I don't know, light the. Uh, what did you say? Driving on leather on fire or something. <laughs> I think I said that about the crown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right back there, you know. It's, it's You're in a drag racing car that's on fire driving on leather or something like that. That's awesome. What can you say about this track? I mean, I, uh, I don't I, have anything bad to say about it. I mean, it was no, a bit lengthy towards the end, uh, the heavy metal riff, but that totally comes with that type of riff too, that it should be a little bit too long. It is... It, again, I think it's possibly the most underrated and underappreciated Megadeth song maybe ever. Um, it's so good. So good. Let's look at the lyrics, though. The song is about Russian roulette, actually. Really? I is think it? that's what it is. About right? Rusk roulette. Not that, yeah. uh, uh, hit up the lyrics. Why don't you? There's actually a lot of lyrics in this one. Um, yeah, this is definitely about playing a game of who's going to blow their head off. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. My last words. My life's on time, but again, my sense is late. Feel a might unsteady, but still, but I still have to play. Six to one's the odds, and we have the highest stakes. And once again, I gamble with my very life today. Highly polished metal. The oil makes it gleam. Fill the terror chamber. Your mind begins to scream. Your life is like a trigger. Never troubled till you squeezed. You crack a smile as you give the gun a squeeze. Uh, place the pistol down. Now give the gun a spin. Soon as the spinning stops, oh no, the game starts in. 
a hateful way of vengeance, a bit of playful sin, load another bullet, now the second round begins. A couple grains of powder, a couple grams of lead, a touch against the trigger, a touch inside the head, take another drink and raise the last bets, think about my last words, it might be what I just said. I think that that's probably I think the best line of the song. By the way, the rest of it is all just kind of maybe just you know typical heavy heavy metal uh, tropery and you know as and, you read this with our past episode in fresh memory, as you read this, I thought this could be about heroin as well. I mean, maybe meta- probably not. Metaphor- it's probably not that. I don't know. It works for me. It's more interesting if it's about drug use or about you know chemical dependencies, as you call it, because a song literally about Russian roulette that, that sucks, dude. <laughs> that's, like, that's not I interesting think, at all. I think if you wanted to really reach, you could give themselves maybe say, oh, maybe this is metaphorically, but I'm of the belief. And I think I actually saw in, in a Mustaine interview at one point who said, this is actually a song about literally playing Russian roulette. I mean, uh, if you'd ask me, I would guess that too. Definitely guess that. <laughs> so, because yeah. it's just like they're trying to be hard and fast and evil and, yeah, of mean, course. and mean. But I mean, if, the, I mean, he 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 went and did uh, used a needle or used a man way later. Uh, yes, way I think later. he should have done used a man already then. Uh, yes, I, that's that's what I could say. Maybe not the greatest lyrics uh, that drive. No, the, the lyrics in this bit. song are definitely not better than the ones in Bad Omen. But I guess... Uh, Bad Omen was shit hot. <laughs> no, it was fucking <laughs> awesome. Complete Satanism and like witches. Yeah, hate. absolutely. This one is just... I mean, it's all kind of just... It's it's borderline hokey. Um, a click comes from the hammer that couldn't drive a nail. Sense the numbing cold blue or the red of Hades grill. Eh, okay. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> a fraction of a second. Do you lose or maybe still pass it to the left and collect your mighty kill? All right, now we're just like fucking like doing mana war lyrics. So now he's uh, killing and- <laughs> the others by, by just playing <laughs> yeah, this game right. or what? Yeah. yeah. Add another bullet. The third round begins. Soon as the spinning stops, oh no, the game starts in. Please, no IOUs, no markers for death. Does anyone play? You, next victim, you next to die. Kill, kill. As- oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Are these lyrics better than Junkie? Absolutely. Is the song better than Junkie? Well, fucking unbelievably, 100,000% better than Junkie. But in the grand scheme of lyrics, especially in the Mustaine lexicon, are they great? No, not particularly. I did enjoy the the turnaround of, uh, remember my last words, might be what I just said. I always thought that was cool, but other than that, the lyrics are all just hokey. And I like that line yeah. a lot, but you also yeah. said that you didn't want that to be our show outro. You you, you uh, canceled that. So yeah, I wanted that, that at first. Good. I thought that would be cool, but then I was like, eh, I don't know. That would then we went old. for Sia instead. Growl. Yeah, then we just went for just being regular dudes and just yeah, fucking yeah. saying yeah, bye. Just being like uh, <laughs> growling idiots and then always laughing at ourselves afterwards. I think that works, actually. You know, it's a, That's a yeah, nice mood I, to go out in. Yeah, I prefer that way better. But it's not over yet. It's or is it? Yet. It's kind of it's, it's getting towards the tail end, I guess. But uh, yeah. what the lyrics here, they're fine. You know, They work. It's not, it's I mean, they're, they're of the era. It's not like they're... I mean, again, I could think of way worse lyrics, both in that era and of today, just done by Megadeth themselves. But no, the lyrics are fine. They work. They don't detract from the song or distract from the song because the song is awesome. You know, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much my taste. I mean, we've been talking metal for a while now, so you know what I I kind of dig, you know, what I go for, and this has all of that. You know, of course. I, yeah. I'm. I mean, you're more the speed guy. I like when it sounds fast. <laughs> I like when it sounds fast, but it's actually not that high BPM. And this is that tempo. You know, this is that tempo. Yes, it's definitely not faster than like uh, you know the the faster moments of like Bad Omen or Black yeah. Friday or something like that. You know, it's it, because you're the two beat guy. I'm the motor yes. beat guy. Uh, yes. Actually, this there are no is, two beats on my albums coming up. There are no yeah. two beats, but there is grind. Uh, yes. There is a uh, double bass on the extreme one, and then there is some Motred beats on the. That's cool. uh, and actually some grind even on the heavy metal one. Actually, it's a bit good. of grind. slow grind, kind of good black metal. Tuck, 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 That's tuck, good. Tuck, 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 tuck. That's fine. And it it's a fast record. This one probably be my fastest so far. So you'll like it. It'd be cool. I, 
John, I like Candlemass. I don't. Doesn't have to be fast. No, I know. Doesn't have I to know, be fast. I know, but that's heavy metal, and heavy metal should be a little bit fast. You, you know? got to be able to burn, dude. How the fuck are you gonna drive on burning leather? That's true. <laughs> Die! <laughs> I wanted to do because we're ending a, a recording session now so i wanted to do like a little summer of uh, where we are with the album and kind of quick comparison in that sense and i thought we could begin with lyrics uh, we've done four original lyrics right mm -hmm. um wake up dead that's um fuck boy dave <laughs> kind of fun is it a good <laughs> lyric i'm leaning towards that it is a good lyric because it's, yeah. it's fun it flows right it's fun it's weird yeah. Uh, it's a good lyric. Uh, Conjuring, that was a while ago we recorded that actual analysis, but I recall being impressed by some of the lyrics in that one, yeah. more so than I thought I would be. Yeah. Uh, because I was, uh, you know, my mind was on that <laughs> black, uh, black magic ruined my life kind of thinking. But that, of that, that song is not of that era. It's, it's, it's better, you know. Oh, yeah. Kind of also strangely detailed in the middle there. <laughs> it is. Yeah, very detailed. It like, is. It's not very a typical detailed. lyric. Uh, is it a great lyric? Uh, yeah, it is. Don't summon yeah. the devil. Don't call the priest. Uh, I mean, if that's a great the strength, hook. The I love that yeah, hook. Absolutely. I, I'm still waiting to this day. I'm still waiting for, because this is something that they would totally do. I'm still waiting for a crown song called Don't Call the Priest. I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell Marco and then he'll have it tomorrow. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the demo will probably be done tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Or the bass player, probably the guy who writes those kind of songs, actually. He's not in the band anymore. He quit. Ah, Magnus. Right. He wasn't anything on bass, but he was... Uh, no, but he great, had the attitude and he, he wrote great, great symbol, songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a rocker. True rocker. Yeah, a big, huge rocker. That dude had vibe. He had the Rickenbacker bass and he fucking wrote killer songs and lyrics. Kind of wonder how, they, how they're going to... You know, you lose a key writer like that. I always wonder, you know, it's always interesting to see how it's a band... It's probably not a good thing, but I mean, I haven't listened no. like you to the later ones. I was not a fan of Possessed 13, so I left the band then. I only backtracked from there. Yeah. But I like the song you uh, put in our show, so I'll give that album... Uh, oh, yeah, the spin. last two records they did are fucking awesome. Yeah, they've gone for that. Uh, yeah, Cobra Speed Wenham. Yeah, you know, oh, the title says it all. I love it. I love it, I love it. Oh, uh, and... Uh, did we agree that all those lyrics, uh, except for My Last Words, then, are kind of what we want, uh, wouldn't change anything? They're really cool, really good. At least for the originals, I mean, I guess, you know. For the originals, the, yeah, yeah, I've already I ain't abandoned. I superstitious, uh, they kind of made uh, funny a little it. bit, but uh, yeah, the originals. It. Yeah, My Last Words could be better, except for that one line, which is awesome. But like, yeah, you know, that uh, My Last Words, that's basically, that's, that's all about the song. The song fucking rules. The four originals we were done, I have to honestly rate them top rating. Like, I I wouldn't want to change them. Mm -hmm. I agree. I'm with you on that one. Are we looking at a potentially perfect record in a way? I would say, um, stay tuned. This record ain't over and we ain't over talking about it. See ya! I love that thing with Morbid Angel, actually, that they keep talking about the ancient ones. Yes, the ancient ones. It somehow uh, registers with it me. It works. It's kind of ancient music. Yeah. <laughs> it's ancient music for modern times. Yeah, it's not part of the rock and roll rhythm. You know? No, it's The does. rhythms are no. completely abstract. And yes. uh, just, you know, it's more like, it's, to me, it sounds like kind of a, you're in, you're, you are Caesar. And it's like, rum. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for dancing it's for crushing nations that's right yeah absolutely <laughs> that's 
That's a great way of putting it. So far, 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 so